back to the moon, although not so fast. NASA unfortunately had to scrub the launch today of their new Artemis moon rocket due to a fuel leak. They're going to try again on Friday. But in the meantime, we checked in with an expert on just why exactly is NASA looking to go back to the moon. Another big weekend in sports, we checked in with Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, about a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber who is doing some great things in the NFL preseason. And of course, as far as the Bombers go, Labor Day Classic coming up this weekend in Regina. And what's something that you once cared about and stopped caring and you kind of miss it? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's on Connecting Winnipeg again this week from 10 until 12. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, August 29th podcast for The Start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg once again today from 10 until 12 all week long on CJOB. And I continue to work from home day four of the working home from home adventure. I hope, I pray that it ends on Thursday. I'm allowed to come back on Thursday should I be testing negative by then. Feeling much better, but... uh, and I've decided that working from home, Greg, is not for me. I uh, I hate it. Are you climbing the walls? Are you uh, plain and simply uh, tired of being home with yourself? What's what, what What's the worst part of it for you? Uh, the worst part of it actually is the equipment. It's the setup. You know, like I've t- talked about how I'm sitting on my living room floor, laptops on the coffee table, but it's just that I've got this janky mouse and uh, the, everything's slow. And I, I salute all of our colleagues and anybody who's had to work from home and deal with, you know, sort of digital infrastructure hiccups because everything's just slow. You know, it's, works, it's better being at the office. I will say it's, it's nice and quiet, so there's no distractions. I can just focus on my job. But, um, yeah, yeah, come Thursday, if, I, uh, if I'm allowed to, to get into work, I will be there as quickly as possible and, uh, and very much enjoy it. Yeah. All right. All right. So you're enjoying the not having to deal with me bouncing in here at 4.30 jovially and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. But you're, but you're missing the, the equipment and the, and the tech, technical uh, stuff that goes along with being in the studio. I got it. I wasn't implying that, Greg. I wasn't implying that. <laughs> I know that. you weren't. Hey, man, it's Monday. I think we're all, everybody that I've spoken to around here has kind of got a case of the Mondays today. I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's because we're counting day, the number of, of days until really uh, summer ends. I know summer doesn't end until September 21st or 22nd, but Labor Day typically marks the end of quote unquote summer in these parts and I think some of us are feeling that today, and then the fact that we've had rain overnight, and uh, we'll probably see some rain today. Everybody's kind of in a—I won't say gloomy, but just not necessarily the uh, the, the best of spirits this morning in in the station. I, uh, I I actually bounced out of bed this morning. I was so happy to wake up and not have a huge cough. And well, it has. Pardon me. That I, I'm overstating it. I haven't. My symptoms have been minor. And I've been thankful because we know, you know, some of our friends have gone down pretty hard in the last uh, few weeks. So my symptoms were minor. I had a bit of a cough, bit of sniffles. But when I woke up today, I thought, huh, 
we're actually feeling pretty clear here. So I think I'm nearly in the clear. So I was actually quite happy to wake up for All once right. on a Monday morning. But we'll see. <laughs> but we'll see about tomorrow. Tuesdays tend to to play paint a different picture. Um, and I would also point out as well that uh, anybody who was like, "Man, you sound like it's it sounds like it's rough." No, I'm just trying to be quiet in my apartment. And when I'm quiet, my voice gets deeper. And when I get sick, my voice gets deep. So that's already seems to have gone away. So no more. No more quite the uh, the Barry White. But we've got lots of uh, things we want to cover here. And uh, I see you've got a list of questions, yeah. Mr. Mackling, on your mind. So what's on your mind? Well, possibilities. Uh, mosquito fogging. Did it happen last night? I didn't hear the trucks. Of course, it rained overnight. I, all my patio stones in my driveway was wet this morning, and so was the car. So I'm assuming that the mosquito fogging did not happen last night. We'll reach out to the city of Winnipeg and find out, because it was my corner of uh, North Kildonan, uh, Transcona, North North Transcona, West Kildonan, Old Kildonan, sort of that that northern, uh, northwest or northeast quadrant of the city that was due to get mosquito fogging last night. So we'll find out if that happened and uh, what's next for the program. And then a, a lot of folks talking about this over the weekend, Winnipeg Police Service announcing on Friday that they had a suspect, even naming a suspect who was a youth who they were looking for in connection with those uh, horror horrible assaults and and now and now two uh, deaths as a result of those assaults uh, on North Main Street and Point Douglas last week and so now there are two youths in custody and I don't know if I'm breathing a sigh of relief or not it just opens a, a larger can of worms of uh, questions for me Brett all right so you can read more on that as well at cjob.com and Kayla's going to join us in our next segment to talk about weather because as we pointed out there's some rain coming our way but the big concern today is that wind that she pointed out it could be a little bit stronger and cause some problems on our lakes as a warning has been issued uh, in Manitoba specifically as it pertains to the lakes which could uh, we could see some issues on the shorelines Uh, Manitoba's hydrologic forecast center says strong winds starting today could affect shorelines on the lakes province saying the wind from the northwest gusting up to 70 kilometers an hour and wave action could raise water levels by as much as 1.5 meters or more so more details with kayla in our next segment and then we of course also today got to talk football and uh once again a former winnipeg blue bomber a blue bomber legend is lighting it up in the the nfl another huge performance for chris strevler in new york yesterday the former blue bomber qb and his new york jets teammates wrapped their 2022 preseason with a comeback win versus the giants in what was a home game for the jets just had that mindset to absolutely dominate day in and day out and own your freaking moments with that said such a great team here. What a way to end the training camp, end the preseason. Let's keep this momentum hey, going he's selfish, Selfless, not selfish. Strevy's preseason has been simply terrific, Brett. 
He has uh, two touchdowns in game one, including the game winner with 16 seconds left. In game two of the preseason, 8 of 11, 119 yards, came in when the Jets were down 16 to 3. They won the game. And then yesterday, 10 of 13, 96 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner with 22 seconds left. Simply an incredible story for former Blue Bomber Chris Streveler in New York right now. Derek Taylor will join us later this morning to discuss this and other sports things as we head towards the Labor Day Classic this coming Sunday in Regina. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg today. I am continuing to work from home, hopefully back in the studio on Thursday. In a moment, we are going to discuss what could be the quintessential relationship stereotype. But for that, a couple of housekeeping notes. Got to tell you that at 745, just after 745, we will announce the grand prize winner for the total flooring anniversary and they are because they're giving away a $1,000 gift card and floor seats to see Michael Buble in concert October 7th at Canada Life Center for the last two weeks. You've had the opportunity to enter online at cjob.com and maybe you're going to win that prize. So find out just after 745. And in our next segment, we're going to tell you how you can win yourself some tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival, which is back in September. And uh, another thing that we're monitoring as well this morning, Mr. Mackling, has to do with something that is hoping to head to the moon this morning. Yes, and you may have caught maybe a a half second of audio as I was clicking on my computer to the nasa.gov forward slash NASA live link and Artemis one is standing by at Cape Kennedy uh, in Florida. Uh, There is a launch window that begins in about an hour's time. It's about a two hour launch window for this mission around the moon as NASA plans to, to take human beings up into space uh, and uh, back to the moon over the next several years. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that. And also we have, a guest planned for just after eight o'clock as to why on earth are we going back to the moon 50 years later? Shouldn't we be setting our sights on something a little bit uh, further out in outer space or, or, or why are we doing this? I, I think it's a big question for a lot of folks right now. Yeah, I'd really like to visit Coruscant. Uh, that's a really nerdy reference, by the way. Those who get it, get it. You have likely heard the saying, happy wife, happy life. But what does it really mean? And more importantly, is it really true? A group of researchers is studying relationship stereotypes and what is behind them. So the new research out of the University of Alberta has analyzed more than 50,000 relationship satisfaction reports and Global News spoke with Matthew Johnson, the lead author of the study, for advice for new and long-term couples to find out is there any truth to the saying, happy wife, happy life? These um, sayings emerge for a reason. And I think in some people's relationships, that's probably the case. In other people's relationships, it's probably the man's experience that's more uh, influential. So um, we see on average, they cancel each other out. We see effects from both people. Um, and I think if we can think more in the vein of happy spouse, happy house. It might help uh, some couples realize that both partners have a role to play in creating the kind of relationship that they want to have. Johnson was also asked, have stereotypes evolved over the last few decades? 
certainly um, there's different uh, notions about uh, what roles men and women take in relationships. I think some of those stereotypes are pretty persistent though because we still have this deep-rooted cultural sense that women are the people who are most responsible for relationships and that's maintaining all sorts, family relationships, friendships, um, with extended kin, et cetera. But certainly within uh, their love lives, we have this expectation that women's experiences, that women's um, uh, job, so to speak, is to maintain the quality of that relationship. Mm, another question, Matthew Johnson was asked, what's the biggest takeaway from this data for couples, either long-term couples or new couples? I've been married 15 years. My wife and I have two little kids. I'm trying to figure this out just like anyone else. And the key thing that I took away from this study is that what happens today, for better or worse, is an indicator of what's going to happen tomorrow. So if things are going particularly well on a given day, I would be well served to think about that, reflect on it, figure out what's happening here so that things are going so well, and then double down on those things. And the flip side is also true. If things aren't going as well, uh, perhaps as I would like, then I need to figure that out, cope with it, contain it, and deal with it, not let it bleed in to the next day. And that's an important point because I think that's something so many couples do. They just ignore problems and kind of hope they go away on their own. It's so much easier not to, but you're uh, setting yourself up for those negative patterns to just continue. A little discomfort for the sake of growth, well worth it in my book. That's Matthew Johnson, lead author of a study out of the University of Alberta on relationships and relationship stereotypes like happy wife happy life and he just mentioned you know sometimes a little discomfort is better and that's another thing that it, that people do and that's actually uh, another I don't know if this would be a stereotype but it's certainly a phrase that I've heard often uh, particularly from male friends who will say yeah I'm not going to die on that hill as in I'm not going to bother making a big deal out of that because it's just not worth what could potentially come out of that but is that a problematic thing to do to just leave something alone rather than speak your mind uh, whether you're you know whoever regardless of who you are in that relationship but the happy wife happy life stereotype gmac it's interesting because while it it might be assumed that it's a stereotype that's propagated by men uh more most of the time i hear that it comes out of a woman's voice typically at a wedding it'll often be the maid of honor addressing the groom at the wedding with a reminder and remember happy wife happy life ah. <laughs> well, it becomes that stereotypical advice that comes from certain people and uh it's used as a sales tool it's used in certain circumstances where uh those delivering the advice might have a, a reason to give such a cliche as a, as a life philosophy. Uh, real estate is the one that jumps to mind and also in furniture and appliance sales. The whole idea of, you know, the, the kitchen is the heart of the home. Well, that's just sort of for a long time, the cliche of, you know, well, if you, if you, if your wife likes the, the kitchen, you're gonna, you're gonna sell the house faster bathrooms, sort of the same way. And, 
Yeah, that whole idea of having the conversation and having those difficult discussions, uh, not only about this, but other things in any relationship was, I think, an excellent point by you because I was making the same notes as we were going through this. As in any relationship, whether it or non-intimate relationship, whether it's with your with your closest friends, maybe it's your work relationship, or uh, uh, siblings or parents, there are some things along the way that need discussing, and so often often we take that approach of, well, if I just ignore it, it's going to go away. No, it's just going to grow in magnitude. Uh, financial decisions, all sorts of things. And and I've been down that road personally, and I, I can tell you, ignoring it does not mean it's going to go away. This, this was a, a great study, and I, I'm, I think that the whole idea of happy spouse, happy house, I, I'm, I'm writing that one down. I think I'm going to use it. And I think when you, if you're in an intimate relationship, and I know we're got, we're going to get out in a moment here, but if you're in an intimate relationship and you're in a situation where you feel like you can't speak your mind, even in a constructive way, without starting a fight, then at, which is my experience, and that's also probably why I'm still single because yeah, I clearly bells, haven't I, I haven't met the right person yet. Like if I can't just ask a question without uh, setting off a nuclear bomb. Well, I got to find a different person. So, uh, but feel free to weigh in 204 780 6868. Happy wife, happy life. What do you think? It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. All right. So, this happened last night, and we're going to explain how it ties into our topic this morning. I thought it might be a fun moment to tell you that that my brand new album comes out October 21st. So that was Taylor Swift at the MTV VMAs, the Video Music Awards, as she accepted the award for Video of the Year for All Too Well, and she used that time to announce her new album is coming out this fall. I didn't know the VMAs were on last night. Until this morning. Once upon a time, I loved those awards. It was the biggest night of the year for me for music and pop culture. And now I just don't care. Not because I hate it. Just not tuned in. I've moved on. But I uh, I kind of miss it. So we want to know from you. For a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival, the afternoon tasting Saturday, September 24th, what's something from past years that you once loved or cared about or passionate about but have just moved on? But you kind of miss it. Text us for a chance to win. And by the way, the afternoon tasting for the wine festival, I think that's the best one. It's typically the one that's a, that's not quite as crowded. The evening tastings can get jam-packed. So the afternoon, you have a bit more room to move around. And then, you you know, you're, you're out of there by 4 o'clock. And then you go out for dinner and you have your whole evening ahead of you. So it's a good way to start your Saturday party, as it were. But let's go around the horn here. Mackling, why don't we start with you? I like your event event planning, by the way, Brett. That's an outstanding plan for Saturday, September 24th to, to get in the wine tasting and then head out for dinner afterwards. I like that. For me, it's NFL football. I used to know the teams backwards and forwards, up and down. Uh, their rosters, I would pay attention to the cuts and who was doing what, when, and where. And outside of this Chris Strebler story, uh, out of New York and his time with the New York Jets, my buddy had to tell me the other day, yeah, they only play 
three preseason games now. They used to play four. I had no idea. They play 17 regular season games in the NFL. I had no idea about that either. I could name every single stadium in the NFL for years and years, and then in the last decade or so, I can't keep up with all the name changes. So uh, that just a stark uh, reminder was the fact that you know, Strevler's doing what he's doing in New York, and I couldn't tell you what's happening anywhere else. And for 25, 30 years of my life, it was something that was I w- was a compulsion for me. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the NFL has kind of gone by the wayside for me. I'm a little surprised to hear that, Mr. Mackling, because I thought you, you were just, I thought you just knew everything about sports. Whenever I have a sports question, I just go, Greg. What uh, what happened in hurling over the weekend? It's the fastest <laughs> game on grass. Come on, uh, Poitras. What about you? You know, Greg, I'm the, I'm the same way. I can, I don't even really get into the NFL until after the CFL season's over, and I've been like that for ten years. But like every single Sunday, I used to sit around with my dad, and we used to watch uh, we used to watch football all the time. I'd come back from curling, we watch football the rest of the day, and that was like my Sundays, my whole childhood. And I don't know, over the last ten years or so, I. I've just become such a big bomber fan. I don't even really get into the NFL until uh, the playoffs. And then I, of course I love the NFL playoffs, but the thing for me that I picked was uh, fiction books. I have not read a fiction book. I think since I read the expanse, um, which is, I, I think you like that show. Don't you, uh, McGarry, you like that. Oh, show, yeah. Don't you? One of the best yeah, shows so, on TV in the last 10 years. Yeah. I watched the, f- I read the first book, which was the first season was based on, and it was an excellent book. And then I just stopped reading it. And I've just been like, stuck in this sort of nonfiction loop right now where I'm just like, that's what I've been reading. Um, and I miss it. I haven't read like a fiction book in, in, in several years. And uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it when you sent that email out today. I'm like, I want to get back into that. I want to read a, a fiction book again. You just crave knowledge, Cam. You well, I guess so. For knowledge. Well, I used to, I used to read all like every night I'd have my light on and stuff like that. And read like fiction books from when I was a kid. And I just, yeah, I guess my thirst for knowledge is stymieing my, uh, my imagination, I guess. I don't know. Jeff Braun, what about you? Wow, this is so weird because uh, I'm in the same boat with the NFL as uh, Greg and Cam. And also, Cam, I started reading a fiction book this past weekend for the first time in since I read oh Lord of the Rings in 2001. <laughs> so it's uh, there's a weird <laughs> one for But the thing, the one thing I picked though was uh, the thing I miss is carbohydrates, uh, my number one enemy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gone are the days where I could just slice up a couple of pieces of cheese and eat an entire loaf of French bread as a meal. That was my favorite thing to do. Um, Now, if I even look at the French bread, I gain two pounds. So uh, I miss I miss carbohydrates like you wouldn't believe. But uh, trying to trying to be good. Some days uh, win some weeks more than others. But uh, I, I miss the carbs. Fair enough. I, I hear you, man. Bread, it's the enemy Who for me love as the well. Carbs? I love uh, the carbs. For, uh, producer Kyle, I'm sorry. Did I even send you this note, Kyle? I, I think saw I the just... thing. I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all queued up, McGarry. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> what do you got for us? Um, well, I was talking to this about with my eight-year-old nephew yesterday about how, because he was showing me all his video games, he had an old Game Boy. And I said, you know, uh, when I was young, I had to go to a, a store and take a game and say, can I borrow this game for two days and here's money and then you would bring it, the game back. So mine was just, my <laughs> my thing that I missed because uh, was just going to video game uh, rental places and movie rental places. You had limited choice. You had to take something sort of sight unseen a lot of the time and just go, well, this is my weekend and if it sucks, then 
too bad. And I also worked at uh, a couple of video game and movie shops in my younger days, so I just missed the whole the whole aesthetic of of that, the whole thing. That's fair. I spent so much. I still laugh when I think about the number of times that I rented video games like Blades of Steel for the Nintendo Entertainment System. That's a hockey game from Konami. And that was a big one because they had uh, they would the cut screen where you would fight. Yes. And it was such a great game. <laughs> and I bet you I rented it a dozen times, which means I, I paid more money to over the course of the years to rent that game than I could have had I just bought it. Uh, but there was just something special about renting it because you just cherished that 48 hour window that you had with that game. And uh, made you look forward to the next time you might go out and rent it. So that's a good one, Kyle. That's a really good one. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. What's something you used to care about, whether it was from your youth or even just in the last couple of years that you've just kind of let go by the wayside? That you, Something that you kind of miss, 204-780-6868. Also, Mackling, you, rec- you remember Blades of Steel. Uh, what was their, their basketball game? Was it double... Double dribble. Double dribble. Yeah. Double dribble. And I was uh trying I was also remembering the Olympics one where you got the the pad and oh, you could yeah. run on it and run and jump and all those different things. Uh used to love to rent that. It was exhausting. And you know, the more beer or rye you consumed, the the funnier it got. But I I'd be down with some some Olympics uh, competition on the NES one of these days. <laughs> It is Mackling and McGarry McNabs on Connecting Winnipeg. We are giving away Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets, asking you at 204-780-6868 about the things that you once cared about, that you were once passionate about, but you're not really anymore, but you kind of miss it. And uh, what are we getting here uh, on our text line, Mr. Mackling? Adam says something I once uh, cared about. High school friends don't really talk to any of them anymore. Kind of miss them. Oh, no, not really. No, I don't. (laughs) Like, nah, nah, never mind. Yeah, you know, I always find that amazing um, when people manage to stay in contact with with school friends, uh, like with Red River, for example. I met so many great people at Red River and essentially lost touch with all of them. But there was there is a core group that managed to remain friends for 20 years. And thanks to them, we actually had a bit of a reunion in the last couple of weeks with uh, one of our friends who uh, moved to Japan years ago. So he's back in town and uh, they, thanks to that core group, a whole bunch of us got together. So that was uh, really nice, but uh, keep those texts coming for a chance to win. We'll pick a winner at nine 15 and at seven 45, just after that, we're going to give away our grand prize for total flooring for their anniversary party. It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. We're going to talk about birds in a moment, specifically crows, and then an observation from one of our listeners on another bird I don't know that I've ever seen in southern Manitoba. But I just want to quickly touch on uh, Jeff Brand, that story on quiet quitting that we've talked about uh, sort of a few times here and there in recent weeks. And there's a comedian, if you don't follow him on Instagram, he's really funny, or Twitter, I believe he does, he tweets as well. His name is Scott Seiss, S-E-I-S-S, and the bulk of his humor is retail-related. I guess he used to work for Ikea or something, so he's uh, he's made a career 
uh, essentially out of making retail jokes, uh, working in retail. And he, he said, it's, it's not called quiet quitting. It's called doing your job. You expect <laughs> me to, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Dress up like Santa Claus and bring you presents at work. You should be thankful. They do your job. I've done so little at work. It was technically robbing. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's kind of onto something. It's not called quiet quitting. If you show up, do your job and leave, what's, uh, I don't really see the big deal there. So. Let us know. Two hundred four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. You found him. Found him on Twitter. Yeah, Good. at Scott Sice, S C O T T S E I S S. Yeah, he's funny. I'd, I'd play the clip, but I can't remember if it's uh, safe for air. I just thought of that as Jeff's report was airing. Reminder that in our next segment, we are going to give away the total flooring anniversary prize, $1,000 total flooring gift card, and floor seats to see Michael Bublé in concert October 7th at Canada Life Centre. Could be you. Hundreds and hundreds of people entered at cjob.com over the last couple of weeks. We'll find out after traffic and weather in our next segment. Now, it is fascinating to measure and observe what a difference 12 months can make. This time last year, we were wondering if the Red River could freeze solid because of a lack of water in the critical waterway and a shortage of rain had a massive impact on crops and food production across the prairie. Yeah, and of course, these are just a couple of examples, Brett. Fast forward to this summer, one of our wettest years ever, more mosquitoes than we've had in several years. Have the trees and grass ever been greener? In my view, absolutely never. And the abundance of other wildlife, frogs by the thousands on Manitoba highways, grasshoppers, crickets, and a lengthy list of more. Manager of group and corporate programs at Fort White Alive is our go-to expert on wildlife and our interactions with the animal kingdom in these parts. Good morning, Barrett. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Brett. How are you doing today? I'm well, and yourself? We're doing all right. Hey, mosquitoes in large enough numbers to warrant fogging. Uh, Frogs on the roadways, as we mentioned, a delayed in fish fly season, at least in my brother's place on Lake Manitoba, and I think some other places. Are these figments of our imagination, or are we seeing more of certain animals this summer? No, the weather has certainly brought out different uh, different numbers of different species at different times than we're used to. The fish fly and actually a lot of uh, our flowers and fruits, so food for different species, has come late this year because of the delayed spring. All those winter storms, I mean, winter didn't really check out until after well, June, it felt like, and the natural world felt that too. Um, blueberry season is normally over in the white shell in northwest Ontario by this time. The blueberries are thick and abundant which bodes well for animals for the winter, but certainly seeing those changes based on the weather this year and all this rain, anything that loves water, like mosquitoes, like frogs, they're having a good summer. So Barrett Miller, we want to ask you about crows. Uh, Can you tell us about them? Like just how intelligent are they, for example? They are very intelligent, Brett. Uh, Now, it's hard to relate to human intelligence, but they are an animal that can solve problems. They can learn and remember faces and sounds. They can learn to mimic sounds. Um, I've never seen it, but I have read and seen reports that they can learn to use simple tools, like use a stick to pry something open. Um, I've certainly seen where they can't access a food source. Perhaps it's something encased in a hard shell. So they fly it up and drop it onto rock or onto concrete and open it right up. Um, probably, if I had to guess, 
probably on par with um, a small child in terms of problem-solving ability and control of that intelligence. <laughs> that's wow. imp- that's impressive. And, and can they carry a grudge? Can they hold a grudge as well? I've heard that in the past. Oh, absolutely. They can learn faces. They can learn shapes. They can learn colors and um, sounds. And they will absolutely learn to associate certain things with, um, with that individual or with that item. And yeah, they can carry grudges. If uh, if you try to chase a crow nest away from your front door, for instance, there was a person I knew in um, Winnipeg who did that a few years ago, and it didn't go well. And every time the crows saw that individual after that, they got harassed uh, for most of the rest of the summer until the crows moved off on their own volition. Wow. And the reason we're asking you about crows is, are we seeing them in larger numbers? And you see, that's a little bit difficult to answer. Um, I couldn't find data on that. Now, anecdotally, absolutely, people are seeing more crows and ravens and jays and magpies. What I think may be in play is um, the number of those birds actually dropped quite a bit about 20 years ago when West Nile virus first came into the province. It's a great ecology lesson. Everything's linked. Um, That virus really... I mean, we can catch it. We need to be careful of mosquitoes. But it really is a bird virus, and it really targets those corvids, the crow family. So crows, ravens, and jays. Um, There were a large number of dead corvids about 20 years ago. I think what we may see is sort of herd immunity and the numbers bumping back up to where they were. But we haven't seen as many for quite a number of years, so they stand out now that they're back. Hey, by the way, what's the difference, uh, Barrett, between crows and ravens? Crows are a lot smaller. Uh, ravens are a lot bigger. Crows tend to flock a lot more. Ravens tend to be a little bit more independent or more pair-focused. And um, a crow will be the ka ka, whereas a raven is almost more ah, 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 a very much deeper, richer sound, if you will. Um, also, if you're really close enough, a raven will tend to have little tufts around its beak, almost like it's got a little bit of stubble going on. Um, they're just a more rugged-looking bird, and, you know, the stubble's part of that look. The crow is nice and sleek. Um, crows tend to be more southern and urban birds, whereas ravens like the big, wide-open skies of our rural areas. Okay, last one for you, Barrett, before we let you run. This is from a, a listener this morning. Brett, Greg, could you please ask Barrett Miller about turkey vultures? This year is the first year I've ever seen them in the south end of the city. I wasn't even aware that we had turkey vultures in Manitoba. Barrett, go. There have been turkey vultures in Manitoba for a while. I also think that they may be expanding their range. Um, I grew up at the edge of the White Shell. We had to drive south south-south Manitoba to see them, and now they're a pretty common sight around Pinawa lactabani area. We've had them in Winnipeg. I've seen them off and on for the last 20-some years, although this year it does seem that there's a few more of them. It, again, could be with the uh, abundant water, and after a pretty harsh winter, uh, perhaps that harsh winter led to a lot of food in the spring, and now the water's just leading to a lot of life, period, for those vultures to be cleaning up after uh, this summer. So I do suspect they're doing a little bit better than maybe they were in Manitoba before, and we might start seeing a few more of them in places that we wouldn't expect them normally, like in the city centre. 
Bear, when we were driving out of uh, Southwood Golf and Country Club a couple of weeks ago for the Manitoba Open, uh, I, I wish I'd pulled over and taken a picture now because I looked to my left and I saw in the ditch what I thought were a couple of turkeys, but maybe they are these turkey vultures. Uh, if somebody is passing by and they see uh, these turkeys or turkey vultures, uh, what's the obvious thing that stands out as the differentiating factor? Okay, a turkey vulture will be, uh, they're a soaring bird. They're built for flight. They'll stand more like a hawk. Uh, they do have a bald head, uh, and that's so they don't get as dirty as they clean up some of their scavenging-type food sources, um, as they would if they had a feathered head. That bald head, though, doesn't have a little dangling waddle, whereas a wild turkey will. Wild turkeys are a little bit more colorful, and they are not soaring birds. They're not, they can fly, but they are not built for flight specifically. They're a running and ground bird. First thing to look for, does it look sleek and like it could fly quickly, or does it look kind of like a basketball running on legs? Um, the wild turkey will have little gray speckles and maybe some even blue or purple highlights. Turkey vulture will be black with a bald head. Although, again, the sleek and built for flight and hanging around probably something dead in the ditch or pecking away and eating kind of like a turkey or a chicken, um, looking more like a basketball, more like something that should waddle along the ground as opposed to soar through the sky, those would be the giveaways. Barrett Miller, manager of group and corporate programs at Fort White Alive, connecting humans with nature. Check them out, fortwhite.org, if you want to connect with Barrett and others at Fort White Alive. Barrett, as always, a genuine pleasure. Thank you very much to both of you. Thanks a lot, Barrett. Joining us live on 680 CJOB. Always love our chats with Barrett. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I was always driving back down uh, the street. I thought I should have taken a picture of that because... You know, you always hear these reports of turkeys, and, and now I wish if it was, in fact, a turkey vulture, then at least I would have been able to refer that photo to Mr. Miller. Did you happen to spot them? I think we left right around the same time. That, that would have been on the Thursday. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed and frightened to say I, nope, <laughs> did not see them. So that's probably not a good thing that I didn't well, see them. Well, they were in the ditch to the left. Like, I just happened to like, they, I, I, you know, that you might have missed them. You, you were looking for oncoming traffic. There was no traffic. So you maybe you just carried on. But yeah, it was kind of neat to see something like that. But let us know what you're seeing in terms of that kind of wildlife. 204 It is Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. I'm working from home day four of hopefully no more than six, hoping to be back in the office by Thursday morning. Now, right now, we want to get right into this here because this morning we were eagerly anticipating the launch of NASA's new moon rocket. Yeah, unfortunately, Brett, we received word about 30 minutes ago the launch years late and billions over budget was being postponed postponed rather until at least Friday. What's another couple days, I, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. NASA's new moon rocket is a high stakes test flight before astronauts can get on top of a rocket and head back to the moon. Eventually, the 98 meter rocket is to attempt to send an empty crew capsule into a flar flung lunar orbit 50 years after NASA's famed Apollo moonshots. Trevor Cherline is space educator with Plateau Astro and is our guest this morning. Trevor, good morning. 
Hey, how's it going? It's doing okay. I it, Hey, sorry to hear about this. I'm sure you were pretty excited as uh, were a lot of uh, space junkies here. But, uh, you know, astronauts could strap in as soon as 2024 for a lap around the moon. And NASA is aiming to land two people on the lunar surface by the end of 2025. I think the biggest question coming out of the public realm is why are we going back to the moon? Why this attempt? Why now? Yeah, I mean, as you said before, it took us, or the last time we went was about 50 years ago. Uh, but when we went there, we could only stay for like a couple of days. I think the, the last one, Apollo 17, the, they could only stay three days, which is not, not very long. So the last, what, 25 years or so, we've had the International Space Station going around Earth, and there's been people up there every single day since the year 2000 or so. And their missions last like six months, and some people stay up there like longer than that, like, like a year. So the reason we're going back this time is to figure out how we can live longer in space. And so, as you mentioned, yeah, they want to land on the surface, but they don't want to land for like three days and then come back home. They want to stay there probably for a couple of weeks for the first few, but then eventually, like we do for the International Space Station, learn to like live there long term, maybe do six month missions, do year long missions. So that's why we're going back this time. Let's see how long we can live out there. And is it just going to is it going to be a situation like, you know, not to, to just make a pedestrian pop culture reference, but are they going to be uh, like Matt Damon on Mars, just growing growing potatoes on there? Like what uh, what would the goal be to 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 get set up there for a few months at a time? Yeah. Yeah. So so it's very expensive uh, to bring like a lot of your own stuff, your own water and things. So the interesting thing is the Apollo missions when we went 50 years ago or so, if you look at a map of the moon of where they landed, you'll notice something kind of interesting. They're all sort of like around the, shall we say, equator of the moon, sort of like the mid-latitude of the moon. Um, this time when we go back, so for Artemis three, when they land on the surface, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be landing on the South Pole. Now, the reason they're landing at the South Pole is uh, we've found that we found lunar ice there. And, of course, if we land there and we find that ice, we could turn that ice into, anybody want to guess what you can turn ice into? Uh, if my science training, extensive as it is, uh, I would say, Trevor, it would be water. Water. Yes, yes, yes. Pauses on the radio. I probably shouldn't do those, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, water. You can also try to make propellant out of those. You propellant out of those, taking the hydrogen and the oxygen out of there. So you could maybe potentially get back to Earth or go out to uh, further places. So learning to live there using the resources that are on the moon so we can live there um, long term. Should we be frightened by this notion of trying to live on the moon? Like we've done a real bang up job of taking care of this planet. Do, do we really need humans living on the moon and disrupting what's, what's going on there? I mean, I think that sort of gets into more philosophical points of points of view. Um, I mean, eventually this is far, far out. You don't need to worry about this. The sun is eventually going to burn out. And it's going to, you know, engulf the earth and then and then sort of we're gone. So there are some people that think like, well, like we want to see the human race for as ill as it can be. Sometimes we still want to see it like go out and like still live. And so right now, you know, with the amount of resources we have here on Earth is like maybe a good time to start like preparing and asking that that question. So starting at the moon. OK, can we live at a place that's remote for a while? OK, if we can do it, you know. At the moon, can we do it at another place? Next logical place would be would be Mars, and then you can start getting you know further philosophical questions like, okay, can we go out to other star systems? Now that's not the goal of Artemis right now. 
that's uh, that'd be quite expensive. Uh, but these are sort of philosophical questions that people uh, people are thinking about. So, Trevor, can you tell us about Canada's role in this latest space adventure? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, Artemis One, this mission that was supposed to launch today, but we'll, they're going to try again on Friday afternoon. So, we'll see how that goes. This mission, there's nobody on it. So, there's nobody up in the capsule there other than, like, I think Snoopy doll is up there, Snoopy little teddy bear thing. Um, Artemis Two, that is when four astronauts will go, including one Canadian. Um, so, yeah, they're going to go around the moon. Uh, they're not going to land on the moon for Artemis Two. So Canadian will be on that flight. Um, the reason we're going is, you know, if you, if you look on the back of a $5 bill, you see the Canadarm uh, on it. And the Canadarm is up on, on the space station. The reason we hitched a ride is we, I guess, convinced NASA, hey, we'll build you another arm, another Canadarm for the space station that would eventually orbit around the moon, which you call Lunar Gateway. So uh, our arms are, uh, our, our expertise in arms are coming, uh, coming in handy right now. That is a pun I didn't even imagine to make. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Trevor, this has been terrific. We appreciate the access. Uh, We'll put you on speed dial and keep in touch, uh, you know, heading towards Friday. And then uh, as as, uh, Artemis uh, does its thing, we appreciate your time very much. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. I am working from home, hopefully no later than Thursday, uh, because the first three days were kind of a novelty, but now I'm officially in the Brett Smash uh, category. My butt is sore from sitting on my living room floor. i got to figure out a better a better work arrangement here, Mackling. I've, I've had it. I'm already done. I'm only, I'm only on day four, and I already can't take it. So, ergonomics uh, are not your friend. all my colleagues. No ergonomics. What's that? No ergonomics at the at the McGarry home office. The home studio no, is yeah. is not uh, is not uh, joint friendly. No, it's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so I can't wait to get back to the office. I am feeling much better today. You can come back to the uh, squeaky so chairs. That holds. Come back to the. I don't mind. You know chairs. what? I don't mind the squeaky chairs. No, squeaky okay. chairs, my friend. All right. <laughs> I actually uh, I had a chuckle the other day when I heard you leaning back in the chair and I thought, ah, that's what that sounds like <laughs> when you're listening it to it like, from yep. afar. <laughs> I think it was about um, six years ago that that became a running gag on our afternoon show. And finally, we uh, convinced uh, the powers that be uh, that control the, the spending around here. We need new chairs in the studio. We got new chairs, but guess what? These are the same ones. I think it's time to have these replaced. Yeah, I think it took all of like two months for those chairs to start squeaking after we got new chairs. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like it's unavoidable in our studio. A reminder that we have tickets to give away for the Winnipeg Wine Festival, Saturday, September 24th, for the afternoon wine tasting. It's nice to see the wine festival coming back. And we're asking you, uh, before we talk sports here with Derek Taylor, we're asking you at 204-780-6868 about something that you once really cared about, once you were passionate about, and now you just don't really care. But maybe you kind of miss it. Like the the MTV Video Music Awards were on last night, and I didn't know. I found out about it this morning. And once upon a time, I had that date marked on my calendar. I couldn't wait to see the MTV VMAs. And I kind of miss being tuned into to new music i could i I've, I've hit that point in my life where i just i i don't know almost anything about new music and 
the young person in me is sort of embarrassed at the now older uh, version of me. Uh, so maybe it's something I'll uh, seek to rectify. And uh, Mark at 204-780-6868 had a good one earlier this morning. Mackling, do you have it there or do you need me to dig that up? Yeah, no, I don't have it. You don't have it. Okay. Uh, well, stand by. I'm going to uh, pull that up here. Uh, and this is one of the communication misfires when we're not working in the same uh, building at the very least where we can just walk down the hallway and talk to each other. Um, no, I don't have it either. Sorry, Mackling. I thought you uh, wanted to read that here, but we, neither of us have it. So we'll, uh, we'll set that up for you a little bit later on and uh, we'll give away the Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets at 9.15. But in the meantime, we are going to take some artistic license with the title of this morning's Sportsings Chat with Derek Taylor, loosely entitled The Good, The Better, and The Ugly. Well, let's start with The Good. Chris Streveler. This guy remains incredibly popular with Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. He's doing all you could ask for and more as he attempts to become a roster player with the New York Jets. Strevy's preseason has been simply terrific. Game one. Six of nine on pass attempts and completions. 62 yards, two touchdowns, including a game-winning toss with 16 seconds left. Game two, eight of 11, 119 yards, one touchdown. Came in when the Jets were down 16 to three. They won the game. And game three, the third and final preseason game, 10 of 13 passing, 96 yards, two touchdowns, including... A game winner with 22 seconds left. Derek Taylor is the voice of the Blue Bombers and DT. I think you have some idea how revered this young man is in Manitoba. Is Chris Streveler looking at the possibility of being the Jets' backup or perhaps their third-string quarterback with the potential for some serious playing time? Oh, I, I think with with just how the preseason has gone for him, it's never against the best competition there is, but... He's, he's just showing that, hey, I can do stuff and I can be a weapon. Oh, by the way, uh, these guys love me as well. And a guy who can be a unifying force. Soccer soccer commentators will, will overuse the term talisman. You know, he, He's this special thing that makes everything around it stronger. You feel like he's got to be uh, making the New York Jets roster. And they, you hope they would figure out their team that drafted a quarterback second overall last year. But they got to figure out a way to get this guy some playing time because bomber fans know that the stuff that he can do in the run game can, can be a real weapon so and he's, he's clearly i mean that touchdown pass last night was uh, that that was a beautiful little ball he's got some ability in the pass games it's it can be harnessed into something really nice even at the nfl level and it's it's just great to watch right bomber fans but must be just like yep we knew we knew before everybody congratulations new york you're finally catching up to winnipeg now let's move to the better. The Blue Bombers heading to Regina this week. Bombers are 10 and 1. Riders are 6 and 5. Now, historically, it does not matter the record of the two teams. The Labor Day Classic, I mean, let's be honest here, it has been owned by the home team for almost 30 years now. So, what should Blue, Fo Blue Bomber fans be prepared for this week? Uh, I would think. Uh... I wouldn't put too much stock into history because I, I remember being on the opposite side of this uh, last season when Winnipeg went to Saskatchewan and absolutely smushed them 23-8. to No points allowed in the second half. No touchdowns in either of the back-to-back -back ones. And, and you can look at it and go, well, okay, well, they're not the same bomber team as last year. 
and and I can think, yep, sure, but they're they're squeezing out these close games, and uh, as much as we might look at the Bombers and go, you know, I would like this to be better, and I might like this to be better, and I'd like this to be a little more sure. Saskatchewan's having problems all over the field. Uh, they're maybe curing some of their injury problems, but their one star quarterback is now. There's questions about Cody Fajardo from everywhere, and. You know, and there's there's just so much going on in Saskatchewan. Don't be afraid to doubt the history of Labor Day uh, in Regina. I think it would be would be my advice because uh, uh, Winnipeg is back rolling again, having beaten Calgary for a third time this season. Uh, and uh, just a sidebar to this before we move on to the ugly, just looking at the CFL standings and Calgary and Saskatchewan now sort of battling for that fourth position or third, depending on how you look at it. Fourth for the purposes of this part of the discussion, DT, because Saskatchewan, of course, hosting the Grey Cup this year. And if the season were to end right now, they would finish in the crossover situation and visit uh, Montreal, ousting Hamilton from the playoffs. And then, of course, Toronto is only 5-5 five and five in the East, keeping that dream, or maybe it's a nightmare, of a Winnipeg-Saskatchewan Grey Cup in Regina alive. Right? How great would that be to, to, to have that, I mean, to have that for the CFL, to have that chance for the Bombers to be chasing a three-peat. It would be incredible. Saskatchewan's schedule, I mean, it starts to get a little tougher, right? Three games against Winnipeg. They've got some Calgarys in there as well. Uh, it's, it, it's, I'm really curious to see how this shakes out. There's, you know, the dream would be that uh, BC somehow falls down that far and somehow Nathan Rourke recovers from this nine-month injury in just a couple of months. And somehow BC could be the crossover or Maybe maybe Calgary could fall and they could be the crossover because I think there's still a significant gap between Calgary and Sask. Uh, but uh, man, just just the possibility of 2007 being done in Regina would be incredible. All right. So the ugly last week, Saskatchewan North Riders defensive lineman Garrett Marino was fined for unnecessary roughness on BC Lions offensive lineman Peter Godber. The the hit took place when the play was whistled dead and Marino knocked the center to the ground. It also appeared in that game, DT, as though Marino made a helmet first attempt at Lions receiver Lucky Whitehead. And that fine came in Marino's first game back from a four-game suspension that he was assessed following Saskatchewan's Week 5 game against Ottawa. Most football fans know what happened there. How on earth is the player, like Marino, not on an extremely short leash with the league? How do those finable offenses two weeks ago not automatically result in a suspension? I, I guess they're... My only concern, I guess, is precedent, right? To go, well, if we suspend him for this, do we then have to suspend everybody else who does this thing? And I guess I get where that comes. I get get where that comes from. But I mean, that shot you talk about on the center, Peter Godber and the BC Lions was just—it was just dumb. Like right, we were doing the pregame show with Mackling with uh, with Doug, and Doug hadn't hadn't seen it. So he was talking about it, and he's, well, I don't know if it's a big deal. Then he saw it, and he just watched his face and his eyes and his mouth go, mm-hmm. what, what am I, why, why would you just try to process putting himself back in that position, you know, 15 years ago and going, what would have to be going through my head to pull this move off? Or what would I do if a teammate did this? And it, it just, it's baffling. You just, people have kind of suggested online, well, wait till it's your quarterback. And Bomber fans approach this going, 
oh yeah, Zach's pretty important to us. He's going to be the MLP two years in a row. What if? And you just hope that maybe uh, Marino didn't play a ton of snaps in in this game against BC for Saskatchewan. Just let's all we all just hope and pray that nothing nothing goes awry on Sunday. Oh boy, hope is not a strategy, Taylor. You know that coaches show well, tonight. Yeah, what, what can you do if if a guy goes if a guy goes completely bonkers though, right? You just hope that a guy doesn't go completely bonkers. All right. Bring it up with the coach tonight, 7 till 8, here yes. on The Voice of the Blue Bombers. We'll catch up with you later in the week, and we'll see you in Regina on Sunday. Oh, it's going to be good. Congratulations to the Rifles taking out the Saskatoon Hilltops, eh? First time in, what, almost two decades? It's crazy. So good. 2006. Yikes. All right, can you hear me? I can hear you, Brett McGarry. Okay, thank God. No time to complain. I'll complain about this later. But we're back in action. We're asking you at 204-780-6868 about the stuff that you once cared about and, and now you just either don't have time or you, you just moved on to other interests, but you kind of miss it now that you think about it. We've got Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets to give away. Hey, there's something to miss because it has been a couple of years since they've been able to host the Winnipeg Wine Festival. So that's coming up next month. Uh, so where do you want to start here, Mackling? I just got everything back up and running here. I think I heard you talking to Kyle about who the winner is off the air. So I'll let you uh, take point on this. All right, Rui says, hope you're doing well. What I miss are my RCS. I got into that hobby way back. It's expensive hobby, but I enjoyed it. Going out on the weekends with the dog, finding a huge area of sand and driving these things around, watching the dog chase it, having a great time. But now, after they got stolen from my garage, I haven't been able to get back into it. It's just too darn expensive. But I really do miss it a lot. It was a great pastime. Maybe one day, maybe one day. I started out small and worked myself up. Ended up having five trucks. They all range from about 500 to to $1,000. But then you have them all taken away from you one night. It's really kicking the buck and it hurts, uh, but it's never too late, Brett. Uh, Brett, we're still young and we can play with those things. And RCS, is that that like a remote control car? Am I getting this right? Like, yeah, like RCs, these high-end RCs, yeah? Yeah, his remote control car, as I said, I always wanted a remote control car, but I never got one. And, um, you know, maybe uh, it's worth a visit to a place like Eliminator RC on Higgins Avenue. I've heard that's a really neat store if you're into that remote control stuff. Um, and uh, you know, plus, too, you can get all kinds of fan not just the drones, but even just fancy little. Uh, I remember being at Maple Grove Rugby Park with my dog Dexter, and there was a guy flying. Can't even, I don't remember. I don't think it was a plane. I think he was flying a helicopter around. So I don't know. That was kind of neat. No uh, who's next on the docket here, Mackling? Well, let's go with Carol and Pete in North Kildonan in my neck of the woods. One thing that's gone the wayside, haircuts. <laughs> I have fairly thick, almost pure white hair. It started going gray almost as soon as I hit my 30s. My dad was the same. I lost all my hair 10 years ago due to chemotherapy. So grateful to have it back as my great stylist Barbie also has to work for WestJet just to make ends meet. I can't get to see her that much. It's been sick months hopefully she'll be in soon i had to miss of her a couple of times due to other appointments and that's from carol in north kildonan is eve our winner eve is our winner eve says i used to be quite interested in nascar now though i just 
just can't seem to drum up the interest to watch a race. I'd much rather read about the future technology and vehicles, or if I can tune into rally racing the odd time, I'll check that out. I just can't be bothered to watch NASCAR for some reason. I mean, heck, we even went to Daytona and actually saw the qualifying races for the Daytona 500 at one point, but that's over 20 years ago now. And yeah, Eve, that's funny how that works. Sometimes we're just really into something, and then for whatever reason, it just kind of kind of falls off the radar like somebody texted or saying that they used to watch survivor on global diligently and uh just sort of fell off that map and never got back into it that sometimes it's all it takes is just miss one episode and then you're like oh two three four episodes have piled up how am i gonna get caught up ah forget it i'll just do move on to something else <laughs> so eve you're going to the wine festival congratulations <laughs> It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on from Connecting Winnipeg, 10 until 12. She's going to join us in our next segment. And I was just asking if you can hear me because my, uh, since I'm working from home, this is my first, my maiden voyage on working from home this week, day four today. And uh, first three days were smooth, but today, for whatever reason, I had no indication that my connection was gone. But at 9.05, I started speaking and it uh, turns out nobody could hear me. So I had to reboot this uh, 10-year-old computer so, of course, it took 10 minutes to reload everything. And uh, the urge to smash was very difficult to resist. And I said to Greg afterward, uh, and I'll say I'm sorry to both Greg and Kyle. I'm sorry for being a cranky pants. I am not handling adversity well today. <laughs> I'm really frustrated with this working from home crap. And I hope that I, if I test positive on Thursday, uh, the, you will hear a nuclear bomb go off in Osborne Village. That will be my brain exploding out of sheer rage i think there's a t-shirt or one of those um uh what do you call it reclaimed woods uh, reclaimed wood one of those signs you know that you see in some of the gift shops there yeah you just hang it over your desk i am not handling adversity well today <laughs> and then when you're having a bad day just kind of hang it up above <laughs> your desk or, or something like that I, i'm going to try and turn this into some sort of marketing opportunity brett because i i really dig the self-awareness yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, you mentioned that you got to go through your baseball cards after we heard of that uh, that baseball card selling for $12 million, the most expensive piece of sports paraphernalia ever. It was a Mickey Mantle card, was it? That's correct. Yeah, so the only cards that I think I have are still my, I still have all my old Garbage Pail Kids cards. I don't think I'll get $12 million for my uh, Bobby Booger or Adam Bomb uh, <laughs> cards, but that, if you remember the Adam Bomb Garbage Pail Kid, that's going to be me Thursday morning if I... Do you not, if I test positive and have to continue to work from home, that's exactly what I'm going to look like. Just threat, brain melting and exploding all at once. Boy, have you ever learned how to sew a segue? There was about four or five different references in that one, probably three, four sentence little uh, conversation there. Well done, my friend. Standing <laughs> ovation as we approach six years of working on the air together. You used to give me compliments for stuff like that. How are you going to turn that, that into a discussion that connects with something mackling you just see you sit back we'll connect all these things together you're doing well my friend well done grasshopper <laughs> learn from the best now sometimes the best ideas are are just born out of necessity and a young winnipeg mom has decided enough is enough and has taken matters into her own hands to address what she identified as a serious need for Northeast Winnipeg. Yeah, my stomping grounds. It's called the Playpen. It will be opening soon in the lower level of Rossmere Plaza next to the bowling alley, Rossmere Lanes. 
For more on this, let's say hello to a third-year psychology student at the University of Winnipeg, Rebecca Rands. Good morning, Rebecca. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, thanks for the energy that you're bringing to the program, and thank you for bringing this to Northeast Winnipeg. I know that throughout the pandemic that uh, parents have been struggling to find childcare and also to find places to take their kids. So, so tell us about the playpen. What is it? So the playpen is going to be a soft play gym. For those that aren't clear what that term means, it's pretty much just big, soft blocks. We're going to build kind of an obstacle course. There's tunnels. There's some that are more like balance beams where the kids can walk on them. Um, There's going to be lots of different things for the kids to do with these soft play blocks, um, to run around, get some energy out. I'm going to be offering uh, age-based play groups in the morning so that way parents in the community can meet other parents with children in the same age range. Kids can run around and play with kids um, close in age to them so that they don't have to worry about being knocked over by older kids and so on. And then we're going to have some open gym hours in the afternoon where people can pay $9.99 per child to come and let their kids run around, um, you know, just on a rainy day without any type of commitment to a membership. And then we're going to do birthdays on the weekends as well, where you can rent the space privately. And we'll do, um, we have an event space that'll have 24 chairs and tables set up for, you know, family to come and sit and enjoy a meal and watch the kids open up presents and do some cake and whatnot. Um, So I think it's going to be super exciting, and I'm really looking forward to meeting other parents and kids in the community and helping bring everyone together. Now, Rebecca, what led you to look into this? Like, what, what triggered the idea, you know what, we need this in Northeast Winnipeg? So I am, um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I am 26 years old and I have a one and a half year old daughter myself. I took the 18 months of mat leave and I was sitting at home being, like, especially in the wintertime going, okay, what do I do with my kid? You know, between COVID and all the times that we had to isolate at home and not see anyone. And now we've got winter and my, my poor daughter was just stuck inside. And I was Googling like crazy, trying to find anything like a, a mom and me or a parent and me group or somewhere where I could let my kids go run around for an hour and blow off some steam. And the only couple options even close to what I'm offering are all on the very south end of the city, like Pemina, um, you know, I think Kids City is on Archibald. That's the closest to where I am. And there's uh, nothing in the Maples, Garden City, West Kildonan, uh, like the whole half of the city that I'm in, we we don't have anything like this for kids. So I'm 100% doing this out of inspiration for my daughter and trying to create what I think we need in this end of the city, you know, not only for the kids, but just for the community's sake to bring families together and help them, you know, have a safe place where they can go and you know, sit on, sit down and watch their kids run around and talk to other parents. And I, I think it's a very important thing that we need to bring to, to enrich the lives of the children in our area.
expand a little bit more on that last point you were making because I agree with you on it. As a parent, my boys are, are now 16, but we spent a ton of time at the park in our neighborhood. Uh, we tried to go in the winter and the summer, obviously decidedly more difficult, Rebecca, in the winter time. And so that lack of sort of a casual place, yeah, birthday parties and whatnot in these indoor play spaces were fairly common, but just the option to do this just in a drop-in fashion doesn't really exist. And you mentioned this end of the city. It's like a desert for that sort of stuff. And the idea of connecting with parents, it really is helpful and it's great for the kids to expand on that. So my kind of goal or mission statement is that I want to bring families and the community together in a fun, safe and welcoming environment where children can engage in social, sensory and motor development. Um, So what I mean by that is, you know, the kids can come and they can try to climb and stuff. And yes, we do have parks and stuff and parks are great too, especially during the summer, but um, they're, when the winter comes and we've got minus 30 weather and, you know, or even on a really rainy day to have that option to come in and let the kids unwind. And um, from my experience, having a one-year-old daughter, a lot of the times when you go to the park, you have a lot of big kids running around. And I totally am all for that. I would love to see kids at the park, but it can be a little intimidating to a one-year-old, right? Especially when they're trying to climb upstairs that are a little advanced for them. So as much as I um, appreciate that parks exist, I do think that kids need um, somewhere that feels more like their space as well. You know, for the parks that get super busy and they get run uh, run down by all the kids on the structure and um, to have the option for on a rainy day or on a cold day to have somewhere where the kids can come and um, play. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting over a little bit of a cold still. That's okay. That's why I'm working from home, Rebecca, because I'm under the weather as well. Now, our guest, by the way, Rebecca Rand, she's getting ready to open the playpen at Rossmere Plaza. And obviously, this is important for the kids, but I would imagine as well, it's important for young parents as well to to have a spot where they can go to be able to make those connections and friendships with other parents. No, because uh, the idea of taking care of a little one seems like an all-consuming kind of thing. It's, you know, the, the, the saying it takes a village is so true. And I feel like in this day and age that community sense is missing. It's becoming harder and harder to find that place where, you know, you can feel like a community, like a village where you can take your kids and, you know, interact with other parents that are going through similar struggles as you and, um, I like I have a few friends that have kids, but a lot of them are all in different kind of age ranges, and it's kind of hard to get them together when you have, you know, an under one year old, a one and a half year old, a three year old, a six year old. They're all just at such different places, and that was part of what um, inspired me to do like the age based play groups. So I can have like Monday mornings will be kids that are six months to eighteen months, those kids that are just starting to learn to. Uh, crawl around or maybe taking their first few steps where they can come into an environment where they can practice those steps and learn from each other and 
grow kind of at the same or not grow, but develop at kind of the same speed. Because, yeah. you know, th- when in those early childhood years, which is I'm focusing on about one to six year olds, the development happens so quick. And it's really important to give kids an environment where they feel comfortable to practice the motor skill development and, you know, walk around and try to push themselves to take those first steps without holding on to something or keep up with the other kids. The little kids like to keep up with with the others. We got to run here, but really quick, Rebecca, uh, can we find you on social media? Yes or no? Yeah, I have a Facebook page for the Playpen. Um, You can look us up and follow on there. Um, I will be posting more information later today about our grand opening, which will be on Saturday, the 25th of September. And uh, as well as I'll post some more information about what exactly we're going to offer with packages and prices. All right, Rebecca Rand's getting ready to open the Playpen at near the end of the month in September in Rossmere Plaza. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and nervous. (laughs) Oh, you did a great job, Rebecca. You did a great job.